Hey everybody and welcome to episode 83 of the Bonehead Podcast where we talk all things Blood Bowl. back i'm ben and once again i'm joined by blood tithe ben how you doing bt hello i'm really good thank you merry christmas merry christmas indeed yeah episode 83 is coming out on christmas day and well christmas eve for the patrons so happy christmas eve patreon crew merry christmas everybody else and happy boxing day those of you that were too busy spending time with your family on christmas day to uh, be able to sneak away and do some hobby this this is this is the episode for that isn't it this is like the yeah 100% I'll listen to this while making Christmas dinner while building Dungeon Bowl or the corn team or whatever awesome Blood Bowl goodies um, hopefully everyone gets for Christmas because um, that's this is the best yeah. part of the year anyway Ben we'll talk about that nonsense in the news and hobby bit but for now what are we talking about on episode 83 uh, we're going to be having a little preview of Beachhead which is the tournament that may or may not happen in February <laughs> Um, we, we're going to also like drill down into some of the recent NAF tournament rankings um, for the teams and kind of see where things are. Absolutely. This does feel like a bit of a tournamenty episode because Christmas is all about getting together with loved ones and friends and family and having a good time. And to be entirely honest with you, that's a pretty good way to describe Blood Bowl tournaments as well. You get together with people you yeah. mostly like and uh, play a game that you mostly enjoy. And I think that's a very apt way of describing most people's Christmases. Um, <laughs> and you know what? We'll take a quick break. I will check the audio for the fourth time because Ben and I have had to re-record this several times because... Well, everybody, I installed an update on my computer and now I'm paying for it. And so is Ben's ears. So that's good. So let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with News and Hobby. Okay, so news and hobby. Uh, in the world of Blood Bowl, there's really not a lot of news at the moment, but that's not to be expected because this is kind of like they've done the big, busy, hey, here's several star players, some big guys we're going to spoil, and a boxed game. So now it's going to be quiet for maybe four weeks. And you know what? That's okay because we've probably got enough to catch up on. But there is one thing that we would be remiss not to mention on the podcast, and I know that a bunch of you guys have already tagged us and stuff, um, which is Cursed City is back. <laughs> um, oh, man. Uh, you can imagine the stress, like the sweat running off the forehead of the guy who had to push the button that's like published the article. It's just like... <laughs> When did this yeah. article come out? When was it? 20th of December. What day was the 20th of December? Yeah. Because that guy, that was his last day in the office, wasn't it? It was like, right, let's press this that button was a Sunday. and then yeah. see you January. Yeah. 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 yeah <laughs> Someone we, else we, can deal with the pullout. Yeah, we've, all, we've all sent those emails. Um, okay, so Curse City was a game that Games Workshop brought out that we were quite excited about on the channel because it was kind of co-op and cool and very different and a cool way to get into one of Games Workshop's well, Games Workshop's like newest metaverse, the Age of Sigmar realm, while actually feeling like an old school dungeon crawl. So it was like, oh, it's really cool. This is quite excited. We brewed up a little mini podcast and everything. And because they were like, we're going to support this game. It's going to be great. And then um, they dropped it and then basically just denied it ever existed. And that's not 
that's not entirely hyperbole either. Like they, they genuinely were like, this is going to be a game system that we love doing. And then they kind of just stopped. Um, and, and now... They just failed to acknowledge like anything and tore down all of the previous references to the game existing. It was like, it was like a, like, <laughs> you know, corporate level gaslight. It was exactly it was really crazy. And they yeah. actually, they just like sacked it off. They just sacked it all off. Um, and now they're re-releasing it. And I think, did I see something about expansions as well? They did mention expansions are in the works. Yeah. Uh, for those of you that missed out on this first time round, this is your chance to get hands claws on the best Citadel miniature. They had there were some nice models in there. To be fair, um, they were nice. Models. Yeah. The game is fine. The game the models is fine. Are really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's probably much better ways to play a game with these tiles. For example, Dungeon Bowl now. Um, <laughs> uh, with with these with the tiles at least, um, it will be accompanied by expansions. So your adventure into Olfenkarn can grow and continue with even more dramatic twists and turns. Yeah. Yeah. This is a corker. Mm -hmm. You know, do you know uh -huh. last episode, right? Didn't we talk about how we like man, Games Workshop are they're doing they're doing good work. They seem to be like in love with Blood Bowl. This is great. Like they may actually love mm. Blood Bowl and uh I don't know, they've just this uh, I don't know, Ben. Would it have been better for them to just leave this game dead now and to pretend it never I, happened? I don't know. I think I, I honestly don't know. I think honestly, probably yeah. Like especially because the game came out and the general consensus was those who weren't like already upset with how they handled it and had the game. The game was kind of like that's all right. And so it's kind of, there wasn't really any just like, this is the best thing. Like, we're really missing out because it didn't happen. Like, it wasn't, I didn't really see any of that. Like, we really needed this. Like, if, if it had come out and they said, yeah, we're going to support it like Blackstone Fortress. And that became like quite a big narrative thing. And that was really exciting. But now I feel like that kind of excitement has gone. And now all people are left with is think, looking at this game thinking like, <laughs> oh, that was the, the game that they didn't like, make kind a of game. didn't happen. They made a meme. Um, yeah, this exactly. is like the most <laughs> meme Games Workshop board game ever. Um, and it's just such a weird year for Games Workshop. Like, this game, so exciting. And yeah, I think, like, I know we kind of assumed it was going to be as well supported as, as Blackstone, and Blackstone was really cool. Like, really cool. Mm. And we thought, wow, like a fantasy version of Blackstone Fortress would be amazing. Um, and then obviously they just kind of just like, no, we never said, we never made a game. Like, don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> Really? Oh, we don't make games. Yeah, we no, we make models. Uh, you know, you play, all, yeah. you, you do what you like. Um, yeah, interesting one. But I, I never sold mine. I never got around to selling my copy. Um, mm -hmm. But basically what happened is they, they, they released it. They didn't say it was limited release. It turns out it wasn't. Spoiler alert. Um, but all the copies sold out. And then all the copies like doubled and tripled in value. Some of them were almost as much as Dark Elf dice, right? It was that kind of <laughs> that kind of inflation. Um, I mean, Ben sold his copy and put a down payment on a house back when it was like when the the price was right. And now, uh, and now the game's back. So there's like this, there's like three groups of people. There's like there's one really innocent group that's like, oh, this cool, this is cool. I didn't get a chance to buy that first time. Like it looks, it looks fun. There's another one that's like, oh my god, I sold my copy because it, I was done with it. And there's another one that's just like wrecked because 
they sold high or just rage quit the game. Um, and then yeah. I guess there's like another little subgroup of people that bought the game, got excited, and they never really did anything with it. And that that is me. That's kind of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's us. I've got my half painted box under my bed. I know. I've got it like in the shed on the side. So it's really funny because yeah. I'm like. We went through that whole emotional, like, they've abandoned us cycle. Like, we want expansions, and I just haven't played the core game. So, <laughs> mm, yeah, I know, right? It doesn't matter that there weren't oh. expansions. Hmm. Interesting one. Mm. A- anyway, that's probably the most exciting bit of Games Workshop news out there. Um, I mean, we, we try to stay a little bit close to Blood Bowl where we can because Blood Bowl is what we do. But they did, uh, they did the rebalance of Blood Bowl, they did the FAQ, and then they did the same thing for. Age of Sigmar as well, didn't they? Uh, yeah, I think so. And they give it. A Love to minute. answer honestly, but my leg has gone dead and it hurts. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, uh, what you're saying is great. Yeah, FAQs, whatever. But my leg is going to fall off. <laughs> Did you go for a walk? Did you go for a walk? Do we need to pause? That's uh, all good. I'm putting weight on it. I'm all good. It just, <laughs> just randomly, spontaneously decided to disappear. Uh, yeah. Amazing. Anyway, Curse City is coming out. But the cool thing is that the tiles can be used for Dungeon Ball. They are a bit bigger. They're 40 mil tiles, and the, the, the Dungeon Ball ones are 34 mil, so they're ever so slightly bigger. Um, the cool thing about Curse City is that you can actually just run that as a separate dungeon with some different size rooms. So now I don't feel quite so bad, Ben, about us exploring those tiles for use in Dungeon Ball. Yeah, I agree. I think I think that's like a really good idea. Because yeah. now it's not something that's like yeah it's not like we're using our legacy magic the gathering cards to play snap with so uh yeah that's pretty cool but anyway this is it's christmas time so um i think it's probably about time we had a little bit of a check-in what's going on with you ben how's christmas looking what's christmas Mm. gonna be like in in blood tide land skulls and blood everywhere i'm assuming uh, I'm proper excited. I uh, I'm seeing my sister and fiance, and they're like my board game crew. So they live a little bit far away. When they come down, we like absolutely hammer up board games. Um, so I've got a couple of those to look forward to. Um, hobby wise, I might actually keep it quite light, and you know, I have a small break after doing all that like commission stuff. It's been like quite intense, but um, I've done some good hobby recently. We had the uh, stream last week. Yeah, that was um, really good. Rebooted streaming yeah that that went really well um and thank you to thank you to everyone who one suggested it and two hung out because it was actually a really good time and made me remember why, why we did that in the first place so yeah i uh, should be doing that next week as well so that'll be good really yeah yeah oh, i'll do that next week. excellent yeah <laughs> news to be <laughs> yeah yeah i was definitely paying attention uh yeah things have been um very busy recently so uh mm. it's been it's been fun. Now that's wicked. Uh, board game wise, I know you've got at least one shiny new game on the go, Ben. Yeah, I picked up Beyond the Sun, like a nice space themed Euro tech tree game, which is a uh, yeah, looks really crunchy, and I'm well excited to like give that a go. So I'm actually giving that a go tomorrow. Well, tomorrow being Christmas Eve, so yeah, that'll be proper exciting. Ah, Christmas Eve. Um, I I cannot wait for Christmas. This last week and a half has just been insanely busy. Uh, My job, when COVID strikes, it gets really, like, manic. So I haven't posted videos for a few days, and I'm now way behind with, like, comms and stuff. So if you've sent emails or anything, I'm really sorry. I have no chance of getting to any of that until 
till next week really now um which i don't like because normally i like I, I can fit an hour in a day where i can catch up with stuff do some videos or whatever but um the difficult thing is that this whole covid thing is coming back but it's but it's not like hey this is what the situation is so it's more of a case of like hey mm. plan for all of the situations just in case and you know what that's um that's it's not massively helpful uh because you do have to like consider everything so i've been supporting branches uh, and just focusing on like just preparing for some kind of announcement from the government next week to say hey everything stops stay inside um there is kind of like a pool as to when it's going to happen um today mm -hmm. th uh today today is thursday thursday was one of them uh my and the bo a boxing day is another good favorite i personally think we're going to get a, a shout out from the government on monday a shout out <laughs> oh and by the way heads up to the bowhead podcast yeah. if you, want yeah. some you guys called it content. you guys called it uh yeah uh enjoy ruining ben's day off actually I've got the whole week off now so it's not too bad so next mm. week next week is lush so um i'm in store supporting tomorrow which is cool i get to go to work with tiff tomorrow which is going to be quite entertaining so my wife will be telling me what to do all day long um and then come sort of well that to be fair I'm, I'm i'm gonna finish at four she's working till half six but four i will come home wine start wrapping the presents that i haven't got a chance to wrap yet and then it's gonna be christmas day i'm gonna be cooking relaxing drinking more wine boxing day we're going to see her family yeah and then um to be fair the packers are actually playing christmas eve like christmas night <laughs> christmas really? evening yeah nine o'clock christmas evening so we're gonna have a really nice like family day drink some wine and then i get to watch the packers play on christmas day so i'm proper buzzing for this like two days of switch off um and yeah then, and then i got a whole week off so depending on what kind of restrictions land i want to film some videos because we we haven't been able to film the uh the, the championship it's just because of my my work just got absolutely crazy and um like we normally do a really good job of like just staying ahead of the curve no, i'm not allowed to say curve anymore are we um stay ahead these of things happen huh these things happen yeah these things happen they they you know there's busy times busy periods uh this happens to be quite a busy period before you know the absolute shutdown period so yeah we'll um <laughs> we're, we're all good we're all good let's hope we'll, it's we'll not an that. absolute shutdown period but it very well might be yeah. um we'll work it out yeah However, what we are doing is massively looking forward to uh, Beachhead. So this is coming out mm. on Christmas, which means there are seven weeks to go for what is undoubtedly our biggest tournament ever. Like, biggest tournament yet, anyway. Oh, yeah. uh, two days, two different tournaments. Uh, we've got like 80 people, I think, for the Saturday, which is 11s. And there's like 60 for the Sunday, which is 7s. And there are still tickets available uh, somehow. Like, basically, Pete and the Entoyment crew are like, guys, you go as big as you want to go. <laughs> so uh, if you're sitting there at home with some Christmas money and you're thinking, oh, I've got seven weeks, I can go to a tournament, do come on down because it's just going to be just a proper weekend of Blood Bowl. And it's mm -hmm. all about the games and hanging out. And yes, I know. And Ben said this at the beginning of the show, like, there is a chance that the world stops and things happen and everything gets locked down again but we got seven weeks i'm sure it will be fine crossing every finger <sighs> i yeah I, I really want this to go ahead 80 coaches is awesome i, I want to see that in action i want to see you know 40 pitches just laid out and 
dice being thrown. Oh. I mean, on the table, not at each other. Please, that would, that would be I don't know. I can see both of those things kind of happening. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. That's allowed the dice cups. Yeah, dice cups everywhere. Um, yeah, so, uh, so, yeah, we're going to talk about Beachhead. We're going to talk about the format, talk about how it's going to work, and then we're going to hit up the power rankings for competitive Blood Bowl for 2021. Now, we've had a whole year now of Blood Bowl 2020, uh, so we can actually get all the stats, the 21,000 games that have been played and recorded on uh, on the NAF site. And uh, we're going to get to grips with uh, basically what teams are doing well and how we both feel about them. And maybe sneak a couple of, uh, a couple of predictions in for uh, Beachhead Bowl meta and uh, how things work out next year. Now, hobby-wise, Ben, you've kind of talked about that. I mean, I take it there's nothing big on your list for Christmas that you're looking forward to? Uh, not really. No, I'm just it's keeping quite light. I mean, there's a house move going on. It's kind of all my attention is focused on that at the moment. So like, um, oh. sort all that out. Do do little hobby bits in between. Maybe paint a little bit of 40k. Starting with conquest as well. So I'm painting up some of that. Um, and yeah, we'll kind of just see where. Oh, perfect. Where, where it goes. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, I will be getting some Aeronautica Imperialis. I'll be getting some Eldar nice. planes. There's uh, there's supposed to be an event on it in Toyman, I think, on the 9th of January um i thought it might be a good like let's get some games in for that that could be quite fun and then um like you know the classic parents were like oh you know what warhammer can we get you i was like well i kind of got everything right now Mm, how about about some resin um so (laughs) yeah i know yeah what would you like two liters of resin please uh i'll keep you occupied for a little while um and I think that's probably the best gift you can get someone these days when they've got everything already that they already need. Um, but if, uh, if they don't, then I 100% recommend uh, checking out entoyment.co.uk if you are in the market for hobby goodness. Um, because I have been looking on that site this week thinking, what presents could I get there? What can I, what do I, what can I pick up from Entoyment so I can swing by and grab some stuff I don't need? Um, because I really want the uh, I really want the new rulebook for Mantic Armada. Uh, I will never oh, play that, okay. but it's got flyers now, and I just love a rulebook. So I was like, "Ooh, what can I do? <laughs> How can I get down to Entoyment? And uh, alas, I didn't get a chance because this week has been crazy. Uh, like, uh, so yeah, I'll just go there next week. It'll be fun. Anyway, I think it's time for Beachhead. We're back. So like I said, we are going to be talking about Beachhead and we have got seven weeks to go for two days of absolute Blood Bowl nonsense. So um, if you go to boneheadpodcast.com, you'll see the big banner there for Beachhead. If you click the Beachhead Bowl thing, you'll get our full rules pack. I've got the rules pack up here, but it is not the most recent one because there is one key adjustment. And I don't think I've even told Ben this, but this is a big deal. Uh, The NAF have revoked Demons of Corn. Ah, okay. Interesting. Uh, yes. Makes sense, though. Yeah, probably need to do a splash announcement of that over the weekend just to make sure that everybody knows. Um, because, yeah, they the tournament guidelines from the NAF have been updated. They're down to just SLAN now in the NAF special teams, and Demons of Corn are no more because they are deemed to play too similarly to Games Workshop Corn teams. Fair. Fair. I think if you have a Corn team and you're like a Demons of Corn team and you kind of want to maybe you've been painting that up or you wanted to run it i think you could they're not that difficult to run as the gw corn team no like you know absolutely other 
yeah it's all good yeah bloodthirster is your blood spawn um mm-hmm. and then you just got to find a way to differentiate your uh blood letters and heralds to represent yeah. your strength for blood seekers and uh oh, i'm just going to call them blood gores now because they probably should be called blood gores games workshop <laughs> let the side down skull blood gores um yeah so yeah like it is a bit of a nuisance and i need to update the uh i need to update the spreadsheet to remove demons of corn so if you're planning on taking demons of corn to beachhead i'm afraid that that is no longer going to be allowed um and you'll have to sub them in as i'm going to say proper corn now it's dead yeah so that's Bretonians. That is that is life. Demons gone. So we're back down to twenty nine official teams, but uh, semi official teams. <laughs> and you know what? The, like, I only did when I did uh, the monthly meta this week. That's at the weekend. Like, only it was only at that point I was like, "Ooh, cool! Demons have gone." Um, yeah, I, I think this is a solid move. It makes it a lot easier for. I mean, I don't want to see Slan get gonned because it's just one team now and one team on the fringes that is one of the least played teams out there. I, I like it's it's not a big mm. thing for people to let Slan be, but I think the more that it gets kind of the more it gets centralized with Games Workshop now, the the better for the players. I think getting into the game it does it does make it more accessible. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's nice that and like. You know, it's still not. If it was like a fully Games Workshop only, then I'd be more disappointed. But the fact that we have so many good alternatives still going, still kicking, that that's good. Brilliant. Yeah, hugely so. Anyway, so Beachhead, we are running our first two-day tournament, but um, Ben and I are people who have very busy lives. So when we put the Bonehead podcast together as a group of wobblites, like from our local club, there were a couple of things we wanted to focus on, and one is to make it family friendly. Uh, so very rarely I know I sometimes I accidentally drop an F-bomb in a video and I miss it on the editing <laughs> but generally speaking we want to keep this family friendly so you can listen to it in the car with your kids like you can put it on while you're doing stuff and it's going to be fine it's going to be safe um, because well and it's also really great for like your kids to start taking an interest in Blood Bowl like this is what we want like it's been cool to see mm. like Richard bring his kid along and Trips bring his kid along it's just it's very cool to see um, and the second thing is we want this to be accessible to people who are busy people so the way we run our blood bowl league is a kind of uh, an open format one you can drop in if you can only go once a month you can still play in the league you know if you can go four nights a month it's fine you can still do it and when it comes to a two-day tournament we didn't want to limit people who could only make it to one day historically when it comes to these kind of events i could never really get away for a two-dayer i mean ben have you ever done a two-day tournament uh no 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 and uh, it just we wanted to make sure that actually if you could only come on the saturday you can still come on the saturday and play 11s if you can only come on the sunday and play sevens you can if you don't like sevens you can just come saturday like you can do whatever um but we also are going to combine the overall scores as well so essentially there's three big boy trophies to win at this tournament there's the saturday trophy the sunday trophy and then the weekend trophy so you can come and it won't affect you if you don't come Sunday. You can still win Saturday and likewise. But if you do come to both, then you've got a better chance of winning the whole weekend. Um, and it's really important to us that you can play what you can play because uh, mini wargaming takes up a lot of time and it takes up a lot of money. But when it comes to Blood Bowl, actually the money investment doesn't have to be that big. And 
as far as kind of mini war games go, Blood Bowl is the kind of one you can play casually while you've got a very busy life. And uh, there are some definitely some times where I am very grateful of that. So two-day tournament. And what we're going to do is we're just going to talk through the format. We'll do Saturday and then we'll do Sunday. So Saturday is going to be our 11s event. And uh, it is going to be a three-game day. But I think we should probably mention that it's taking place at a big convention, shouldn't we? Yeah, yeah, it's all part of the Beachhead Convention, which is a, you know, if you, if you have any other interests, um, there's there'll be other war games going on. There's loads of vendors selling cool stuff, so it's it's a really awesome place to be. I remember last year we had Titans, which oh, I'll always remember. The Titans are back Proper. this year. Are they back? Yeah. yeah oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. If you want to see uh, Adeptus Titanicus being played at forty k scale, that's quite a thing to behold. So, it, yeah, it's it's like a games day. But yeah, down south and not just restricted to games workshop stuff. So, uh, mm. like Ben, so I'm going to say last year a lot, but last year obviously there was no last year. Just didn't happen. Uh, but back <laughs> at our first beachhead, which would have been 2020, we came along. We had a tournament. It was great. We had 40 players. Um, but we were in this big hall, and there's two halls. One hall has got all the traders. The second hall, and this is a whole big hall we were one of the smallest tournaments like there was kings of war that was rocking like 40 to 60 people there was a hundred man um like 40k one a hundred person aos one like there was just tournaments galore so it's like a really cool event with all like you said ben all the traders and everything and a whole bunch of other tournaments our friends at maximal fire i think they're running an adeptus titanicus two-dayer um nice. like there's just a whole bunch of cool stuff going on so and it's being run by Entoyment. Now, we work really closely with Entoyment because we just like the way they do stuff. Um, and they like the way we do stuff. So we get to help them with stuff like this. And Beachhead is this massive convention that is now becoming one of the biggest ones in miniature wargaming, I think, in the UK. So that's pretty awesome. So the way the tickets work, they're all being sold through Entoyment because it is a beach uh, is a Beachhead event ticket instead of being sold through us. So it's on the Entoyment website and basically it gets access to the entire show so you can wander around and do stuff. How it's going to work on the day is 10 o'clock, come play Blood Bowl. Uh, there's a, a bit of a break for lunch as well. Um, it is difficult to get three games of Blood Bowl in while there is a show going on, but if you take all two hours 15 for each of your games you may not have enough time to go around but you should be fine <laughs> yeah like last time it was on most people got got a chance to to look around yeah i mean if you finish your first game in under two hours you'll have 45 minutes an hour to go around and look at all the show and everything mm -hmm. um and if you play both weekend both days you'll have plenty of time anyway so yeah three rounds 11s format and we've kept it quite simple from a um from a format point of view and this is what i'm going to pester ben with some questions so uh the team build is going to be 1100 so 1.1 million um up to two star players uh all the star players allowed from the rules including acorn now that acorns are listed in spike 13 um and standard kind of no inducements with the exception of a giant mercenary from death zone now there's two reasons that we added that in one is because no there's three reasons i guess one is because giants are awesome two is that we've had plenty of time in games to play test them and they're not broken they are a lot of fun but they're not broken they're not bad for the game so actually there's no reason to not include them and 
Beachhead is set in Albion, and Albion is all about the Giants. So you have Giants. Uh, the Corn Team is now allowed. The Demons of Corn Team are now not eligible. Um, and we have adjusted this to have the new tierings with humans and orcs going, humans, orcs, and OWA going down to tier two, and uh, underworld. What was the other one that went up? Oh, high elves. I've got up to tier one. Um, so we've updated the rules for that. So skills wise, uh, it is five primary skills for tier one, four primary and two secondary for tier two, and five primary and two secondary for tier three. So five skills for tier one, all the way down to seven skills for tier three. So it's actually quite a tight package. Um, no one can get more than one skill. Primary skills can be selected instead of secondaries if you want. Star players can't be given skills. So Ben, 1.1 million build, five skills for tier one, five and two for tier three. What would you be running if you weren't TOing? I think I, I we've definitely said this before on the podcast, but I love running a tier two team. I think having access like some secondary and here having you know two secondary is, is pretty great. So like i yeah I, I i'd probably run a tier two i i'd be tempted to take an ability again i did run them in a tournament previously and i do quite like taking different things um maybe it, i think it depend on how much hobby time i had in advance because <laughs> you only need I, one I, friday I night really. sorry you only need one friday night to get a team ready <laughs> that's very true yeah yeah I'd, I'd be tempted to try um nurgle in a tournament environment to be honest oh interesting they've, they've been doing fairly well recently yeah, but like, you know I'm why. Crazy. Yeah, but Nurgle, Hackflem the less Nurgle. Yeah. Mm. Okay, two primary skills is pretty good for that. Um, I mean, I would, I'd be really hard pressed not to run some kind of Acorn Corn team. <laughs> that would be so sick. <laughs> uh, I don't think it would be very good at all. Um, but I don't know. It just seems like quite a funny one to do. Although there are some uh, some rosters are coming in already, which is cool. Um, appreciate that massively but uh i've seen a couple of people banding around uh ideas for a giant roster oh i'd love to see that yeah that's you know the stunty teams you can 350 he's basically instead of morgue you run a giant yeah especially as morgue's just gone up in price so not that bad no. like, they're, they're pretty good i mean they're not you know they're not broken by any means but they're, no. they're a lot of fun so i think you could do yeah. a cool ogre build uh with the giant i think that'd be quite mm -hmm. good that'd be quite good fun you get some serious bash and fouling on the go maybe oh we've seen on the we've seen on the show haven't we how good snotlings can be with the giant so oh 100 yeah. yeah i like that i do like that a lot um so yeah we've got three games on day one uh there are going to be a ton of prizes we've had, got some friends of the show who are very generous agribo so sorted us without some stuff norba are going to try as well um we've got a bunch of prize support from entoyment so there will be plenty of games workshop goodies kicking around as well so it's going to be a really good day um on the saturday there will be the beachhead bowl champion the beachhead bowl stunty cup the best team award and this time we're going to make sure it's very clear that if you want to be in the running for the best team award and that is best team of the eyes of the beholder so it's not best painted it's not the most thematic it's you go around and you have a look at the teams that are out at lunchtime and if you like the look of the team or you think it's cool or you think what they've done is clever or actually it's clearly this kid's first team and you want to you know cast a vote to say great job that's what best team is there for it's up to you what it means um 
<laughs> and then of course the participation trophy the least tournament points the most touchdowns most casualties the most touchdowns allowed the wrong game award and the chocolate armor award the most casualties suffered uh we probably we end up always generally speaking getting a sponsor or something for uh the most fouls as well the dirty player award so i'm sure we can um I might have a word with, uh, with, um, with Duncan, see if we can get some foul associate, foul appreciation patches as some prizes for the, uh, the, the, the Dirty Player Award. Oh, that'd be good. As well. But we've got plenty of goodies for that one. So that will be the Saturday day. Now, uh, when it comes to Sunday, Sunday is sevens. So this one's going to be four games of sevens. Normally on a full tournament day, you'd have five or six games of sevens. This is the one where we are very aware. I think there's a reasonable chance Ben and I might be a bit hungover. Um, as it st- as it stands, the plan is for us to grab a hotel room down there in uh, in Bournemouth as well. We're waiting to find out and make sure everything's like going ahead and everything. Um, and we'll we'll book up that so we can go kind of have dinner with whoever's around or whatever, and just have mm. have some beers and head social yeah it should be really good fun um and then which we'll put out uh in the discord and on the patreon and and, and everywhere when we can find out what we're going to do uh on that night so kind of pay attention to like middle of middle of january i'll have a chat with pete i'll pop over and join him for lunch and have a cup of tea and find out what what's what um but yeah sevens on the sunday is going to be four rounds so a little bit more chilled uh 10 o'clock registration again first game 10 15 and then we've got about an hour hour and 15 for each match so 10 15 then 11 30 for match two then a lunch break then 1 15 then 2 15 and 3 30 so there's that little extra time i mean ben you've played plenty of sevens as well how often does it go above uh above sort of 45 minutes for a sevens game I mean, rarely. I think if you had like two dwarf teams playing against each other, possibly. <laughs> yeah, I think I think this is the cool thing, and we we put it down to four rounds instead of five on the Sunday because if you're coming all weekend, actually three games of eleven should give you enough time to have a mooch around and see what the what's what on the show. But the Sunday, you will definitely get fifteen minutes here half an hour there to be able to go and really just pick up anything you wanted to grab while you're there because it is a big shopping trip and a big showboat trip (laughs) limited spaces 48 coaches that that went that went quickly uh that went very quickly um right let's have a look at the format for these sevens where did i put that obviously it's sevens so no star players uh tier one two primaries tier two two primaries and a secondary and tier three two and two so quite a lot of skills for tier three and sevens um again no more than one skill uh you can take a primary instead of a secondary star players cannot be taken we're using the same tiers for both uh and um uh it's going to be naught to four positionals as it always is with sevens so we kind of gone with some I don't know, Ben, would you say they're quite gentle um, construction rules for both these tournaments? Yeah, it's nothing that's going to like... Uh, we, we've seen other examples where, you know, you really have to do some crunching to kind of decipher what, what it means. I, I think this one seems pretty straightforward. I don't think there's anything too, you know, too, too complex to worry about here. No, nah, it's... um, there's There's kind of... <sighs> Now we love like some fun nonsense rule set. The first time we did Beachhead, we had the the Fen Beast in there, which was a, an extra big guy that you could run. But actually, even though this game is now a year old at least, realistically, 
everybody only kind of started playing in July, and you may not have only got you may go only got to like one or two tournaments, maybe at most. I mean, we've been quite lucky, Ben, but we still haven't got to as many as we wanted to. But we've only done like yeah. four or five or something. Um, actually, it's pro- we wanted it to be a gentle start. So actually, if this is your first Blood Bowl tournament, and it is going to be a heck of a day if it is going to be your first Blood Bowl tournament. Um, it's not too bad, and I think I mean Ben and I have talked about this before, but this skill level at eleven hundred is pretty close to where you're going to be game five in your league. And it's yeah, it's, it, it's kind of a really good way to get that league feel. So if you're like, mm, maybe I want to run nobility in that league, well, you bring this tournament roster, and actually, that's going to give you a really good idea of what skills are good, what's good at 1100, what you can afford at 1100, and kind of where your team's going to go, and whether you're going mm-hmm. to like it or not. So when Blood Tithe goes, you know what, I'd like to take Nurgle, but with no good stuff. Uh, he can play it for three games and realize that dedicating four months of his life to it in, in a league might not be uh, what he particularly wants to do. Yeah, yeah, that could happen. Oh, you do have a really lovely Nurgle team, though, don't you? Well, I've got a really no- lovely Nurgle player. <laughs> I haven't you? painted the rest. I was going to say, yeah, but you picked up the team yeah. from Grebo. Yeah, yeah, that was three years ago. Was it really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Anyway, I can see you wearing your corn Christmas jumper, so I was absolutely. Uh, I was I was hoping you were going to say oh, I'm running corn. Uh, I know it was more just. I don't know. I don't know. It's yeah. I'm not. I'm still. I'm still unsure. The thing is, is I'm not sure why I can get painted by then. So it might have to be an ability again, just because I can rely on them. Even are pretty close. Could maybe try and run Skaven. Um, see how that goes. Yeah, we'll come to Skaven in the next topic when we talk about like mm. how well they're doing because you don't see them quite frequently. Um, I love Skaven, and I think we'll see next year a bit more of a switch back to Skaven because um, I, I really, really, really do rate them. Now, when it comes to Sevens, we'll have very similar amounts of prizes. In fact, it will be the same, but just for Sevens. And there will be uh, a weekend overall winner section as well for the weekend champion and the weekend stunty cup champion so uh, if you play both days your points will get added up together and stunty teams are tier three teams only there's no like no special cases i'm afraid no mm-hmm. no black orcs without black orcs none of that just you know, only a tier three teams to make it nice and simple for this one here um match scoring we're going to use the same we've used for i don't know the last six or seven of our tournaments now 30 points for a win 20 points for a draw and no points for a loss Uh, plus one point for up to three touchdowns and up to three casualties in each game and plus one point for perfect defense so if you do not let any touchdowns allowed that's to we introduced that after a couple of tournaments to give like nurgle kemri dwarves those teams a bit of an edge like they may not be able to win 3-0 but if they win 2-0 they still get three tournament points um it's a good way to kind of still support that element of it uh and on the sunday it's going to be 20 points for a win for sevens so uh you need to win out because draws score you extra points and that is in a nutshell how both of those days are gonna work we didn't go for crazy rules this time we didn't go for wizards we didn't go for giants we will do in the future and if you're in the market for wizards the dorset dungeon bowl is going to be coming up on the 7th of may so if you are after wizards and dungeon bowl stuff ben and i'll be hosting a what i'm hoping is going to be the biggest uh dungeon bowl event down south which is going to be Hopefully. actually at Toyman. 
Yeah. Um, and that will be a ton of fun. So we wanted to talk through Beachhead. We wanted to get out the word, just say, look, if you are planning on coming, if you really are up for coming to a tournament, there's two days. Come to one of them. The format is quite simple. So if you're super gamey, you should be able to matrix your way to a pretty decent win. If you're just starting out tournaments, especially these kind of tournaments where then there's no crunchy rules. We haven't got special weather tables. There's no like massively difficult. This is a great way to get, it's more of a game day. It's a great way to mm. get some reps in playing Blood Bowl. And you are literally surrounded by hobby goodness and a bunch of people who've played the game as well. So if you want to learn Blood Bowl, learn the basics by all means watch the boner championship you'll learn what to do and what not to do um and then come along play some games with some like-minded people i mean ben when you started coming to blood bowl tournaments i mean it, it's a cool environment right oh, i love it yeah it's it's one of the best things just a whole bunch of people like-minded people playing a game it's good fun it's not really all the tournaments we've we've run it's never really we've never had any issues um between people i know that's a concern for a lot of people and that's very fair um it was for me yeah we've, yeah we've, we've never had that everyone's always been a delight so well yeah, it'd be good to see you. i went to my first naf tournament and uh it was up in birmingham and i was like I, all the other tournaments that i've been to and run before were not naf standard because they were like extra fun ones with like stunty cup rules or uh, fumble rules or just didn't know what the naf was you know so we mm -hmm. used to run like tournaments and stuff and then uh, the first naf one i was like oh because i was kind of kind of come from like a friday night magic um competitive scene and i was like mm -hmm. this is going to be brutal so i took ogres because i was just like i'm not even gonna play to win i'm just gonna play to have fun and um it was like there was hardly anybody that was particularly gamey my first game was against wood elves and i was like oh here we go i'm being tournament played against wood elves and this was back when everybody was allowed to throw the ball and yeah. um i nearly pitch cleared like i was like oh this is all right. <laughs> this is all right <laughs> and uh actually the rest of the day was just it was just brilliant because you go along and you've got a team everybody will ask mm. what you're running and why and it's perfectly acceptable to be like well I've played this team a bunch of times and this is what I've put together because I like it or I don't know, saw this, thought this might be fun. Like the best thing you can do sometimes is being like, dude, why have you got wrestle on a goblin? And you can be like, because it's awesome. Because this is my plan. Like, I mean, Ben, Gary, probably one of the bonehead heroes, um, you know, took a, a catch ghoul with scroll mm -hmm. to the last tournament. And I was like, Gary, what are you running? He's like, my whole goal this tournament is to pull off the scroll long bomb catch and he nearly <laughs> did it and like that's another really cool thing is like actually if you really just want to go and do one crazy thing that's awesome and everyone will love it no one's gonna be like why are you doing yeah. that they might say hey actually not the best skill for this one block probably is better i know it's boring but block might be better than tackle on your ogre but you know what sometimes tackle on ogre is excellent um, off. yeah man um lee garner ran that that one of ours as well yeah, I was like, it's it's good to it's good to go for the like, to try the things that you normally wouldn't try, and I think that's the that's the tournament's a good environment for that. And if you win, you'd feel even better for it. Yeah. So I think like, yeah, I think just do what you want to do, have some fun. No one's gonna be mad at you. It's all good. And we get to come around and pester you and find out just what you're planning as well. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you are gonna come to um, 
to beat Shed Bowl and you're not sure what team to take, let's have a look and see which teams did so good or not so good in the entire last year of Blood Bowl. Okay, so we've had a whole year asterisk of playing Blood Bowl 2020 from a uh, competitive format, a constructed format. Now, you guys will probably have heard of the NAF. We've talked about the NAF probably every week. Uh, it's basically a player association that records games. So you can geek out, and look at your stats and look at other people's stats and look at win rates of teams, which is definitely fun. And you often get cool dice as well, which is always nice. Now, um, we've put together some power rankings based on tournament results for this entire year. Now, Ben and I did point out that actually the world kind of only opened up in, what was it, J July, Ben? Something like that? Yeah, somewhere in summer. Yeah, so it's not exactly the entire year, but uh, there's still over 2,000 or 2,000 or 20,000 games have been played. Uh, I think it's 21,000 games recorded on the NAF thing now. Wow, that's so good. Yeah, equals some H to H. Let's figure this out. Let's do that. Uh, 21,658 minutes um, for that. So that's a ton of games. So we've got a good opportunity now where we can have a look and see which teams have done well and which teams have not done so well. Now, I think, Ben, you and I have done this kind of thing a couple of times now, but it'll be really good to just finish. This is the end of the year. So we'll start at the bottom and we'll work our way up. And uh, Ben and I were talking before, there are going to be teams that have the same percentage. So we're not going to break the win percentage down by, you know, 52.19%. We're not going to do it like that. We're going to do it as 52%, but we're going to give the tiebreakers in order of the amount of games played. So if a bunch of teams are at 50%, the ones that have played more games that still achieve 50% are going to be better ranked in our power rankings because... You know, mm -hmm. if you play a hundred games with a team and you win a load of them, but it could just be it, there's more chance of that being fluky. If a team plays two thousand games and ends up with a solid win percentage of fifty five, you could probably say it's something about the team. And there are some interesting stats here with some teams having played well over a thousand games and some teams played at barely three hundred. Um so we will begin. And BT, I want your analysis as we go as to all right. What we could do better with these teams. Right, let's pop the first one live. Uh, so we're starting at the bottom, Ben, and we are looking at 22 through 29. So 29 is goblins. So we've we've actually we did a we did a podcast about this, didn't we, Ben? Sure did. About how to fix goblins. Goblins sitting there at 38%, and they do have access to Hackflem. I mean, what was our takeaway when we talked about goblins and how they're kind of performing poorly? Just lacking star players, lacking secret weapons. Oh, no, well, not secret weapons, but it's pretty much just like, well, they're lacking the things that goblins need to really give them the boost. So, you know, Hackflem doesn't do too much in a goblin team as opposed to, you know, Ripper or someone like that, like bringing the muscle that, that goblins need or like, you know, Fungus the Loon, your classic cheap star players that really really made goblins accessible uh, that is bang on the money i think they've actually gone up in win percentage i think last time we checked in they were sitting at like 35 percent and having a terrible terrible time yeah i think it's a little increase now they're just having a near, nearing the four <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I know. Come on. You can just get to 40% goblins. So goblins at the very bottom of the list there. 700 games played, 38%. Not doing brilliantly. Now the next one I'm pretty surprised by. So coming in at number 28 is the Blackhawk team. 1,100 games played, 44% win rate. The second lowest win rate in the league. In the league. In competitive. I'm so surprised by this. Blood Bowl. I mean, Blackhawks aren't that bad, are they, Ben? No, like I, I, I really rate Blackhawks. Like, but I mean, maybe they're just missing something here. I mean, eleven hundred, you struggle to get a star. Like their core team is is it's not cheap, I guess. Um, mm. but they don't really need it. I mean, they can't take Hackflem because they're Badlands brawl, aren't they? So it's not they don't have uh, they don't have access to maybe that's it. They don't have access to any kind of uh edge player like the best they've got is goblins they don't have scrapper sawhead they don't yeah, have flem um i mean they're a solid team though uh i i, I was really surprised when I, I ran the numbers and i was like dude 28 percent. i should say that these um are from the tableau that we use for monthly meta which is from the naf that um uh, Mike Davies puts together. So I'll put the link in the show notes below. But I mean, Mike does a great job of putting the data together in a way that you can go and see it. And it's always cool to have a look at. But the the games are basically a collection of everything that's played and, and entered by the NAF. So Black Orc sitting at 28%. Okay, we've got a slight tie here. We've got 26 and 27. Chaos Chosen and Old World Alliance. Old World Alliance only having played 350 games. And Chaos Chosen having played 70, uh, 75, 750 games. 45% win rate. How do you feel about those teams? So I would just say uh, Blackhawks are 44%. I think you said 28, just the, the number 28. <laughs> <It was laughs> yeah, 44% win rate. Yeah, 44%. Yeah. So just, yeah. Um, better than Goblins, but worse yeah. than literally everybody else. I mean, yeah. I, oh, you know, they've played a ton of games too. And this is kind of where the, the more games you play, the kind of, the kind of more of a consistency you get. But I, they are a starter box team. Is it just that there's a whole bunch of players that are starting out in Blood Bowl that are taking Blackhawks uh, and doing okay with them? I mean, 44%. It's it's not bad. You're almost winning every other game. If, if you played, yeah, if you yeah. played, if you played a hundred games, you'd end up what losing twelve more than you'd win. Like you'd end up with a fifty-six, yeah, it's, it's 56, just, forty-four it, record. Like it's still not great though. For you. Like the all these like forties, um, yeah, it's not not brilliant. <laughs> so OWA three hundred and fifty games at forty-five percent win rate, and Chaos Chosen at forty-five percent. Mm. I mean, OWA now they're getting the boost from tier one to tier two. I mean, Ben, we looked at Beachhead today. That was going to give him basically a skill and a half extra, a double and a half extra. Do you think that's going to help boost uh, OWA up? I think it absolutely will. We've seen OWA do pretty good. I mean, the fact that they're tier one to begin with, maybe it's just a misprint, but maybe it was an indication that they can be quite good. Um, I think they do need it, though, because the players are really lacking in skill, crucial skills that they should have. And they're um, penalised. So it would definitely give them a bit of an advantage. And they're penalised by having like loner and animosity and every bad skill you can put on a team, mm. they've they've got it. Chaos chosen, however, they've got no negative skills, but they don't have any of the basic skills required. I mean, 
do you do you think that we're seeing a lot of like our tournaments uh kind of low tv low skill package games in the beginning of this format and and that might be hurt in chaos i think possibly yeah like they need chaos one of those teams that becomes like unstoppable once they get going but those are those early sort of tv values is can be really brutal for them yeah yeah i think that's fair um humans who have also recently been boosted from tier one down to tier two i, I say boosted it sounds like they're getting noted but actually it just gives them extra skills coming in at 25th place in our power rankings with 46 percent win rate and 1200 games recorded for humans i mean you and I had a chat about the tier adjustments and I think it came from a place of they're not performing as well as Games Workshop want them to, they're not recording enough games as Games Workshop, but 1,200 games for I mean, that's more than Chaos Chosen and Old World Alliance put together, Ben. Mm. 46%. Yeah, I mean, that's a... I no, I was just going to say, 46% win rate for the humans there. And, I mean, I, I thought in this edition they got better. I thought they did too. I, I mean, in our top five teams, humans were right up there for me. Um, yeah. I, I, I thought they'd be really promising. They have speed. They have bash. They have really good thrower. That you can actually take advantage of this new passing meta or oh, passing change. Not really a passing meta. <laughs> yeah. Um, There's three yeah. teams that can pass, and uh, that's yeah. The meta. <laughs> they even got I, I thought, there. I thought they'd be doing really solid, but maybe. And this is a good sample size. So this that seems pretty reliable. Um, 46 percent isn't isn't too great i mean it's not not terrible it's not really out there i mean it seems pretty balanced but yeah maybe tier two will help you know push them just that little bit up to get more into the 50 percent mark i just if you'd you know if you if we did this again like because we we did the like how we think it's going to shape up at the beginning would would you know would you have put where in the list would you have put humans like oh in the bottom 10 no no it's just really surprising isn't it absolutely not yeah i do i do love that so we could be seeing a bit of a progression here from humans in the future and i do like the look of that right got a few boys at 47 percent uh vampires at 24 with uh 400 games played number 23 nurgle with 500 games played that's where ben's going to be next year uh and then this is where i will be next year 22 uh snotlings 700 games played with snotlings and hitting 47 percent um that's that's an interesting bunch so i think all those teams are teams that you would describe as needing stuff right like i don't know if snotlings need anything oh they're a stunty team the thing they need without hack phlegm um without hack phlegm they are not like they would i don't know man i mean without hack phlegm snotlings versus (laughs) You know what? We can do this. Snotlings versus Black Orcs. Who comes out on top there? Yeah, that's fair. Snotlings versus Old World Alliance. Snotlings versus Chaos Chosen. Snotlings versus Humans. Like, I, I let's let's not go crazy, but maybe five percent win rate due to Hackflem. Mm. Without... So what you're saying is Snotlings need Hackflem. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, gotcha. I, I think these teams, like if you play them on their own, uh, vampires. They struggle. They need mm. a lot of pro to make them work. Nurgle, Cheney helps vampires. Oh yeah, that's a great shout. I, I remember going up against a vampire Cheney roster with pro, like you say, and that that is really powerful. Yeah, 
but they kind of yeah. they need stuff to get working that's the thing that's probably yeah. most surprising to me about humans is they don't need anything they they should have everything they need um but you know nurgle can get hack for that edge boost vamps need some skills snotlings need hack to kind mm-hmm. of compete and they all do and they all fit in that solid kind of tier two range for me nurgle vamps snotlings tier two tier three bottom of tier two top of tier three that feels about right to me. So 47% with those guys, is, you know, sitting at 22, 23, and 24. I don't know, Ben, that feels about right to me. What do you reckon to that? Yeah, it seems, it seems where I'd I'd put them, and I would have put them in the past, yeah. It's maybe, kind of where they want to sit. Maybe that's what we should have done, is like dug up our old lists and gone through it. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, maybe not. Let's save the, save the shame. Right, that's the bottom of the table. We're going to bounce up now to the middle table. Um, 21... We have Demons of Corn, 300 games played and a 48% win rate. That team is now gone and deaded, um, deleted. So, Ben. Did you, um, did you miss out one there? Did I? I think we've got a halfling below that, right? Have I missed halflings off the list? Oh, I have missed halflings. Oh, no, they're just above. Uh, I might have shifted the list around a little bit then. Okay. No worries. No worries. <laughs> um yeah i might have that might be a slightly different data set actually uh yeah well yeah interesting interesting oh no ah okay that is an interesting element of the way the sheet is put together so we'll ignore the sheet we'll ignore the sheet for now i've got 21 demons 20 skaven 19 halflings all sitting at 48% on the tableau. I think, Ben, where I put the tiebreaker in is that as a number of games, those teams that have done 1,000 are kind of getting an extra percentage win rate on the power ranking. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, which potentially shouldn't be how it is. Um, so Demons of Corn, 48% win rate. Okay. 300 games played, not a huge amount of games. Um, we did have a little split on our power ranking sheet of ratio and that is uh if you go to a hundred team tournament three of them will be corn that's not too bad i suppose so you know one in every 35 teams could be demons of corn and we've had a couple at our tournaments haven't we so yeah that's probably about right as a ratio where do you see uh new corn coming in because demons are gone new corn are going to be coming in if these guys are I, sort of 21. i'm not sure i think i I, I genuinely think overall the team's a little bit weaker than it used to be. The new corn I team? Think, yeah, I think there are some regards where it's stronger. Obviously, you've got strength four pieces now. But that Bloodthirster was really good in tournaments. Like, that would just, like, you, you give him Mighty Blow with the old claw, because, I mean, that's changed. Like, yeah, so maybe... I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think... That's a good oh, shout. Giving the Bloodthirster Juggernaut as well was, was actually really good. Yeah, no, the, it was... The BT yeah. started with jugs. So you, you're right. In a tournament setting, you could just straight up give him any skill you wanted. And that's the beautiful yeah, thing about... I think he did start with Juggernaut. Did oh, he really? start... No, I think you had to give him Juggernaut. I think that was usually my first skill on him. Don't think he had it. Well, you know what, Ben? It doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, that's true. He's, <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> but you could, um, you know, tier two team, you're going to have probably at least one... Uh, secondary skill so when it comes to constructed blood ball you can just give these guys whatever you want like from a league point mm-hmm. of view you have to save up for 
months to get a double skill on one of your big guys. When it comes to a competitive format, you're right, the, the Bloodthirster with a double skill that you can just give him was better than anything else in the game. Even if you just went with, like, Pro, uh, yeah. that's he already had so much gear that he was good to go. Now, the Bloodspawn is not bad, like, not a slouch, but it just doesn't feel as powerful. And I think it's just the, the lack of horns and just him being an absolute tank. Um, yeah. yeah. But Demons of Corn, gone. Stricken from the record. I cannot wait to see where the new team lands. Um, we had Halflings and Skaven next at 48% win rate. Halflings having 1,000 matches and Skaven having 900. What do you feel about Halflings landing a little bit above Skaven there, Ben? <laughs> the world we're living in right now. Skaven were another top team, I thought, going into this this new season. I mean, they always were. But even I thought they weren't going to lose that much. But they, yeah, being under half win rate is it's, under 50%. It's that's crazy, man. Really surprising. Humans, all right, fine. You know what? Humans don't have the edge or the speed of Skaven. But they all, they've got everything. They've got a decent, they've got, you know, one of the best throwers in the game. Uh, and, you know, they've got good blockers. They've got a big guy potential. They've got their speed. Skaven have got just the best get gutter runners are amazing they've got a thrower that's awesome like they've got a bit of everything they're com they would what i'd say are like complete teams mm. um you know chaos chosen they're not a complete team because you don't have a ball handler you have to build one you know same with vampires kind of same with a lot of these teams but skaven and humans they have role pieces in there um 20 for skaven at 48 percent win rate i mean do you what what impact do you think uh underworld's popularity and power is having on skaven players yeah maybe it's just you know skaven's too vanilla when you have a more you know exotic flavor to pick from i think that just that could be it but underworld it's i mean having the snotlings is a huge upgrade so i think you're basically and some you kind of play underworld like a skaven team just with more toys yeah so yeah yeah it's and you know what if i went to a tournament and i had to take skaven or underworld i would take underworld because they they are vanilla they're less vanilla skaven never yeah. used to be vanilla but compared to underworld like used to give up stuff to play underworld instead of skaven uh mm -hmm. now you, no, you you don't do you it's just like yeah you can have it as well um skate halflings 48 percent win rate um a thousand games i mean how how much of an impact do you think the star players are having on that uh i think quite a lot like i mean that's that's the halfling game plan really isn't it you know you got got your deep roots you get your morgues and things like that um yeah i reckon there's some impact but i, I think people i love seeing like the thousand games of halflings that's just <laughs> That's the star I'm interested in here. <laughs> it's pretty cool, isn't it? Um, okay, next up on the power rankings that I have put together, um, instead of the ones on the spreadsheet, because at some point I changed them ever so slightly. Um, 18, I've got Nobility, Ben. 550 mm -hmm. games, 49% win rate. Also at 49% win rate, Ogres, 700 games. And Lizardman at 49% with 1,100 games of lizards um lizardman 49 percent, ogres 49 percent, and nobility 49 percent. any any big shockers out of those three lizard surprised me a lot 
I would I would have thought lizards would be doing sort of you know top five. That's usually where they like to sit around. I mean, maybe the fact that black orcs being really far down is kind of a you know indicative of this kind of meta that we've got. Straight and then we've got like chaos chosen that down there. We've got Nurgle down there. Kind of these strength four teams that seem to be actually having a tough time against you know some of the the edge that we get up at the top. The breakaway um, teams, yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, I'm surprised by Lizard Men, but maybe when you sort of look at the data and the breakdown, it's less surprising. I think Nobility and Ogres are well, Ogres are actually higher than I thought they would be, but yeah. Nobility's kind of bang on where I think it is. Ogres represent... They've actually dropped a percentage in the last month and a half. Us oh, so used to be they 50? Were, they were slap on 50% um, for a good couple of months there. Now, they are massively influenced by having Griff. Um, yeah like uh the griff ogrewald build is just so good you can get three or four ogres depending on the tournament size um all the noblars you can need and then a movement nine basically movement nine movement ten strength four edge two plus piece in griff um the third most egregious star player but he is at least 280k so he yeah. was he was yeah he was basically all in and when you got griff gone it really didn't leave much of a team left over Mm-hmm. Um, I'm well chuffed with nobility at 49%. Um, I I consider them an incomplete team because they don't come with that sure hands piece. They don't have that inherent edge like boost. Um, but man, that they that... come with a solid skill package to begin with, and then topping it up with just what you need, I think does make them a really interesting tournament team. Yeah, I mean they won. Um, they won our last tournament, didn't they? Uh, yeah, they did, yeah. They won Bombvember. Uh, Griff, Overworld, Nobility roster. Uh, went 3-0 and uh, took the day. Ogres doing really well. Lizardmen, yeah, I'm with you on this one, Ben. Like, Lizards, Skaven, and Humans are really potent league teams. Because yeah. they've, li- they've, got, they've got the whole package. I'm just surprised that they're not doing slightly better in tournaments. And I think that's not going to get better. Because at 15, I've got Dark Elves, Ben with a 50% win rate and 900 games. And uh, 14, I've got Orcs, 50%, and 1,100 games. Yeah, I mean, Dark Elves are also way up there and teams we thought would be doing well, but here they are sitting right in the middle. Maybe the passing has impacted that. Maybe people are still getting familiar with the new kind of Dark Elf playstyle. Um, I've... I'm still surprised though, because every time I've been up against Dark Elves in 2020, it's always been a real uphill fight. Um, there was one game with nobility against Dark Elves, which was very much nobility's favour. Just you know, the the pitch control, they couldn't, you know, they couldn't outpass it. So yeah, yeah. Edge Two Plus is great unless you are having to run through all those tackle zones and fend, mm-hmm. stand firm means you can just gum up the ground really easy. Um, like Dark Elves play a brilliant screen and rush game, but if you do yeah. not allow them to take anything better than a three or a four plus dodge, they don't. They don't. Those teams do not have a lot of rerolls. So you pen them in when they have to roll some bad dice. And nobility are superb at making other teams roll dice. I mean, we've seen yeah. that from the Bowler Championship. You can stack them in such a way where your opponent's got no choice but to roll aggravating die rolls, um, and it puts them in a solid place. So. Uh, orcs at 50%, Dark Elves 50%, sitting at 14-15, which is basically 15% through our power ranking, uh, 50% through our power ranking. So, yeah, very healthy spots to be in for a you know, competitive stat. Yeah, I mean, 
all these teams here, uh, 20, 48% for Skaven at 20 and 50% at 14. It's, I mean, it, it's still pretty, it's pretty packed together. Now, mm-hmm. what do we got next? So that's the middle table. Now we're going to be moving up uh, to a joint 10th place spot, which I hope is represented. Uh, yeah, I think... I think we're getting back to it now. Yep. So uh, joint tenth place. So um, with this slight edge going, number ten to Necromantic, fifty-one percent, a thousand games. Eleventh place, Norse, nine hundred games, fifty-one percent. Twelfth place, Elf Union, four hundred games, fifty-one percent. And Slan, the only unofficial team left in Blood Bowl. Come on, Slan, represent three hundred games, fifty-one percent. And I'm going to do another shout out to Gary because uh, four of those games are his. <laughs> so nicely done nicely done I'm, I'm really surprised by the number of games in elf union it's nothing is it ben like it, it's what 70 more than slam like that is really surprising because <laughs> you yeah. feel like cl's a lot like there's not usually they feel like a more well-represented team but now, Ben, ben is right it's 74 yeah. games more elf union than slam i've rounded these numbers up to um, save my sanity but yeah I, I i am massively surprised by that um mm. i mean what what do you think is playing into that i i think maybe maybe it's a combo of what we were saying with skaven and underworld you just have more like interesting choices to take there like i mean you can run an elf union team as a high elf team without much effort at all um and Isles will see are doing really well, but also the game, even the game's numbers disparity, and that isn't too too much different. So I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Maybe just elves aren't interesting. They're um, not the right flavor of the year. And that's it. I, I wonder if if that element there is uh, that because they are similar in archetype to high elves and kind of wood elves in this kind of era, but. Mm. Still, when... and humans to an extent, to be honest, it's a weird one. Um, not what I expect. Slan 300 games at 51%. I think that's awesome. I mean, I love Slan, they're a very different team. Um, they're not powerhouse at all. They can combo really well, but they can combo very badly. Like, uh, I, I mean, when I ran them in league for was that oh, that would have been Blood Bowl 16, wouldn't it? Um, on Fumble. Mm. Yeah, because I went 4-0 and then drew one game and then lost four more. That's kind of where Slan are if your team starts hurting. Their, their ability to throw has hurt them a little bit, but actually they're still a solid team. Elven Union should be um, performing really well, but they, they just they are really fragile. Uh, Norse are a very solid team. Um, and, and Necro, I mean, these teams here are all... Uh, they're they're not Norse are tier one, and Necro Elf Union and Slan are all tier two, but they, they in power level. Ben, would you? Is there any outlier here in these teams between Necro Norse Elf Union and Slan? Um, don't think so. Like this is where I'd kind of imagine to be Necro. I would usually associate with a bit higher. Um, but. I think otherwise, this is, you know, if you say put these teams on a grid, I'd probably yeah. put them around here. Yeah, I think that's fair. Now we move on to uh, fifth place, which is another 
basically five-way tie. Um, so joint fifth place power rankings, number five, Undead, 1,200 games, 52%. Tomb Kings, 700 games, 52%. Amazons, 550 games, 52%. Renegades at number eight, which is awesome. Uh, 500 games, 52%. And Wood Elves, ninth place, 450 games, 52%. Is that lining up with the sheet now? Yes, it is. All right, good stuff. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right. Undead, 1,200 games. Tomb King, 700 games. So that's nearly 2,000 games we're playing using those two undead teams and winning slightly more uh, than losing. I, I mean, Ben, Undead, Tomb Kings, Amazons, Renegades, Wood Elves. Would you have put all of those in the top 10? Uh, yeah, I think I actually would. Yeah, I think they're we we know them to be solid. Renegades would probably be the least likely to be there. No, but we've seen Renegades Tomb doing Kings. really really well. I was proper surprised at Tomb Kings being in the really? top ten. Yeah, I've, I've been thinking Tomb Kings are super good lately. I I think you're right. I mean, this is the this is the kind of bit where the amount of games really kind of puts into it. So mm. that's seven hundred games for Tomb Kings. Like that's not. That's not a small amount. Like Tomb Kings, 365 wins out of that. Uh, Amazon's 292 wins. Renegades 250. They, Tomb Kings have won more games than Wood Elves, uh, and they've played more games than Wood Elves. Would it be fair, therefore, to say that Tomb Kings are a better team than Wood Elves? <laughs> Could be. Could be. Man, they really changed it up with the passing, didn't they? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you can't pass, the teams that don't want to win. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. Up my original list, uh, Undead, Amazons, Wood Elves, absolutely had them in the top 10. Tomb Kings, Renegades, I put in the 10 to 20 range, like the tier 2 kind of zone. Uh, I would probably have personally put Norse higher. Um, okay. Do you know what? Swap Norse and Tomb Kings for me, and I'd feel probably a bit better about that. But I think yeah. it's awesome. I mean, what's the what's the secret there? Is it is it access to Wilhelm Cheney? Because he's not he's not an edge monster. Um, I think I'm not sure. I mean, it was one of those first. I remember when we first looked at like some of the first tournaments. And I think Tomb Kings won one of them, and we were really surprised then. And we were just like, "Well, what was it about the roster?" And I can't remember if they had Cheney on that one. No, it was just um, it was a three Tomb Guardian build with Mighty Blow on those guys. I think. It was nothing special. The team just rocked up as a 1.1 Tomb King team. Right, okay. And just outplayed. But now... Yeah, I mean, it's it's a good team. I mean, when you've got the strength five, it's... And when, like like we said with the passing, you don't want to do it anyway. You take the... Is it sure hands guy, even with Edge 4 plus? And... Yeah, 75% pickup. You're good to go. Yeah. The only thing that consistently beats Tomb Kings is rain. Um and most right. tournaments don't allow the weather mage to be an inducement. Um, okay. Which is a bit of a sense. shame. I actually think that that could be quite fun. Uh, in, a, in a meta where we're seeing some of the lower edge teams do better, it might be quite fun to be like, what else with weather mage? I'm fine with the three plus. How's that five plus working out for you? Um, yeah. <laughs> I think that's quite clever. So a real tight pack there. And then we go to the top four. Well, I can remember which tab I'm on. Here we go. Right, top four power rankings for the entire year of Blood Bowl. I've lost it. Here we go. Uh, okay, there will be no surprises. Underworld number one, 
62%, which has dropped from 65, which is fantastic. And this was basically before the newer changes coming, but we'll definitely talk about those in a second. High Elves, second place, 58%. Um, 350 games though, so barely none. Um, Chaos Dwarves at number three, 900 games, 55%, and Pure Dwarves, fourth place, 1300 games, and 54%. That's a really interesting top four, right? Yeah, I mean, you've got just two raw, well, actually, Underworld's more of a mix of edge and strength, but you've got like a bit of high elves and then great, like, 180. Dwarf and Chaos Dwarf, like two completely opposite teams. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, the top five for a while was uh, the fifth place was was Amazons by like a percent. So I think Amazons were like fifty three percent or something. So it kind of made sense because Underworld, you're right, they're not they're not all dash, but they are dodge everywhere. Okay, mm -hmm. so the Chaos Dwarf and the Dwarf tackle advantage was farming wins on underworld snotlings are hot so the stunty teams to get punished by it amazons who are like the fifth best team got punished by it that that sign of integral tackle just gave such a good boost to dwarves and chaos dwarves and then high elves are there just like laughing at the meta because they don't halflings are just not playing a game they are just literally just being heart being high elves and playing blood ball right they're not like we're not going to be dash. We're not. We're not going to leverage tackle. We're not going to leverage dodge. We're just going to be expensive players and just yeah. play blood bowl the way we used to play blood bowl. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I thought. I thought you'd like this because you've been probably the biggest proponent of high elves uh, in our group. I think. Um, yeah. So it was the first team I probably ran in the league. Um, really enjoyed them. Shame it's a fun team to play. Shame in your goblins there, Ben. Um, Properly ran. Goblins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I Com never gave a chance. Probably competitively run. Um, yeah. yeah, I like that. Right, so, I mean, what do you think about the fact that there's only been 350 games played with High Elves? I think that's actually pretty good considering the team. You know, it's it's like, not it's a team of legend. They've not really got, like, models. Um yeah, you could just use an Elven Union team. It's the same thing, really. But um, yeah, I, I think I think that's actually not that bad. And I guess okay, we'll, we'll go with the, with the high elf follow up question first. Games Workshop recently adjusted their tier from tier two to tier one. Mm. Uh, how much do you think that's going to affect their win percentage? And does it mean that Games Workshop are bringing the team back next? Um. I don't think the latter would happen. Like, I, okay, no, I think it might happen. I don't think it's going to happen soon. Can't see them doing it for some reason. I, I don't know why. I don't know why, but I just don't, I just, I just don't really know why. I just don't see it. Um, there's no logic there. Just don't see it. <laughs> I was going to say, um, I'm convinced by your argument. Um, yeah, I, I think there's other things they do before High Elves. And I think, I just don't think the tier one thing is indicative of it. I think that's just them trying to balance the game. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I also, to answer the first question, don't think it's going to to do much to high elves. Um, I, you know, the skills you want to take on them tend to be primary anyway. I don't think you benefit much from a secondary on high elves. Um, likewise, they don't need access to like 
stars or anything like that. So even if you have tiers where you get different price values, I don't know if that will make too much of a difference. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, you're right. Like the the budge from tier two to tier one, they're gonna it, they're gonna lose up to fifty k of stuff. In most Which is a reroll for them. Yeah, it's a reroll. It's it's a reroll. It's you know a, a skill, maybe two skills. It, it's mm. I think in most formats they are going to lose out on probably about thirty k. Um, oh no, prices are different now as skills. Yeah, it's going to be about fifty k. So yeah, they're going to be one reroll less, like two skills yeah. less, something like that. But you're right. I mean, high elves they don't need a lot of skills. They'll take them. And they'll just put dodge on anybody and it just makes them better because that, yeah, exactly. that's, that's yeah. all they want because they, they come with... Um, if you can afford a catcher, the catcher starts with catch and dodge, I think. And that's it. I don't think they have... Do they not have no, dodge? I don't think they have dodge, actually. I don't think they do. Oh, I think that's... it's just catch. There you go. So they need a couple of dodges. So basically, in a four-skill set, high elves going to take four lots of dodge, probably two on their blitzes to make them blodges. And two on their catchers if they can afford two catchers. So it might mm. be leader on the thrower, dodge, dodge, dodge. Like that's your four skills, and they're all primary. Anything more than that, and you kind of because you don't, you can't often afford a lot of positionals that you skills from a constructed point of view tend to go on the players that already have skills. So yeah, on high elves, you're only going to have three or four, maybe five if you're lucky players that actually yeah positionals. So your fifth skill is going to be kick or dodge on alignment, like maybe wrestle. And that's something that most of the time you can do without, and it's not going to hurt you too bad. Um, yeah, really. I do I do love that dwarves and chaos dwarves, uh, it's just a huge amount of games. Like It's really impressive to see. And yeah, people love their dwarves. That's it. And I love that we've got two teams of legend in the top four. Um, mm-hmm. And that's come on games workshop let's get these teams released let's let's get more accessibility because there is definitely an underlying argument that those teams that are harder to get hold of are potentially being played by more experienced coaches so, yeah that is a good point actually less um newcomers which and, yeah and if you look at the amount of games played um with these teams i mean the top top 10 teams uh dwarves 1300 humans 1200 shambling undead 1200 underworld 1100 orcs lizards black orcs 1100 halflings and necro about a thousand 950 and then chaos dwarves and norse at 10 and 900 piece skaven dark elf chaos chosen 900 800 tomb kings at 700 i'm surprised the ability though (laughs) you'd think they'd be more they're on what 550 games yeah that that's really surprising as an out-of-the-box starter team. Yeah, they, they've got less games being played with nobility than you do with uh, Amazons. Um, yeah. But uh, I wonder if that's because out-of-the-box, the Black Orcs might be more tempting. They are certainly more interesting, I think. Like, even me, <laughs> I, I love my nobility, but those Black Orc models are really fun. And, and that so. might be it. So Black Orcs, they're the seventh most popular team. Um, uh, eighth being Halflings, ninth being Necro. Uh, underworld being fourth dwarf being first human being second undead being third i mean ben if you look at this top 10 this top 10 looks more like how we expected that top 10 to work out dwarves humans undead orcs lizards necro 
you would yeah they're all teams that historically are kind of top 15 yeah no i agree uh, maybe that's why because you know these are the teams that people are familiar with they might have them painted up as the tournament team from aeons past that's it it's... and rock up to the new meta with all their old teams and it's just like oh what's brawler you have brawler and things like yeah. that accessibility bias i think is definitely a thing um which means that slan are now the most hipster team in blood bowl so if you want to rock up to a tournament and really differentiate yourself uh rocking up with slan while they're legal um is definitely the way to do it <laughs> or high elf only two behind that and you can also win so <laughs> yeah that's very very true okay we'll do a quick recap of the power rankings number one underworld number two high elves Three Chaos Dwarf, four Dwarfs, five Undead, six Tomb Kings, seven Amazons, eight Renegades, uh, nine Wood Elves, ten Necromantic. The winners on there, Ben, got to be Tomb Kings and Renegades. Yeah, um, for sure. A solid ten places higher than I would have expected them to be. Uh, I think those might be my biggest winners in the top ten. Uh, let's go to slide two. Norse at 11, 12 Underworld, 13 Slan. Uh, orcs at 14, 15 Dark Elves, 16 Lizards, 17 Ogres, 18 Nobility, 19 Halflings, and 20 Skaven. Um, ogres represented Stunty pretty well there at 49% mm -hmm. win rate. Skaven way lower than expected. Definitely would have put them in top 10. And them landing at 20. Certainly not what I was hoping for, but... I don't know. I think I think what would be appropriate is if we put the stats for Skaven and Underworld together and just called them even, <clears throat> and just you know, kind of rat uh, teams, yeah. rat pack. That's it. Like there are definitely some Skaven coaches out there that are running Renegades, uh, running um, Underworld in this format because they're just way more interesting. Like they're just way more interesting. Now, how it plays out with the new rules i don't know uh 21 demons of corn 22 snotlings 23 nurgle 24 vampires 25 humans chaos chosen at 26 old world alliance 27 black orcs at 28 and goblins at 29 uh humans biggest surprise there at 25 um yeah sure uh black orcs i would have expected them mm. black orcs and both chaos chosen i'd always put higher than that um I would yeah. always have put them above Nurgle and Vampires. Yeah, exactly. And OWA. Yeah. OWA. So maybe we'll see some adjustments there with OWA landing soon. And I guess there's a couple of questions there before we do wrap up, Ben. Old World Alliance getting a bit of a buff um, with the the adjustment to tier. 350 games, not a very popular team. Um, who's going to get the biggest adjustment in this ranking? Okay, we've got the Underworld rules changes. We've got the tier changes for Underworld and High Elves with Humans, Orcs, and OWA getting a tier boost. You know, on this list, who who who's going to be the biggest move, you reckon, in the next few months? I think maybe Orcs. And I'm, I'm going to say this, like, I, I feel like Orcs having access to a double, which you don't often get a tier one, mm. does help them out a lot. Like that gets you like a block troll, which is really good. Um, you could put something interesting on the goblin, perhaps, or you know, get do the blitzers get agility access? Can you get a dodge on them with a secondary? Yeah, it would be a secondary, so yeah, you could have a blodging blitzer and I mean, a, yeah. a blodging black or uh, sorry, big unblocker. Um, yeah. you know, 
that's always been a pretty solid thing. I, would, I mean, Orcs, uh, you know what? 1,100 games, that's top 10 teams played. They're in mm-hmm. the top half of it at 50%. They're, they're, they don't really need a buff, but this might get them in the top 10, Ben. That's what I'm thinking, yeah. I think I think you're about right with that one. Uh, where are Orcs? Yeah, Orcs were the fifth most placed team. Human, the second most placed. Now, I get the human buff. They're the second most played team, but they're 46% win rate. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, all right. Like, let's, let's, let's get that win rate up a bit. Um, I don't think it's going to boost them up by much, maybe a couple of percent. Um, I don't think, yeah, I don't think they benefit from the same way that an Orc team would. Uh, I mean, Skaven. I mean, are we at the point where Skaven deserve to be tier two? Um, I don't think that. I don't think so. That was me pushing it a bit. That was me definitely pushing it a bit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, you know, they're they're winning less than halflings. Um, But I think we can safely say that halflings and ogres uh, are absolutely benefiting from Griff. Um, Halflings, it's barely a team when it comes to constructed Blood Bowl. It is just kind of like they are the bread and the meat is whatever star player you're having. Um, you know, if I go home and have a tuna sandwich, it doesn't really matter if I'm having wholemeal bread, a baguette, and I bread, like because it, it, it's the tuna I'm there for. Uh, whereas other teams definitely are kind of like, I'm having a curry. What meat are you having? Whereas halflings, it's it's more the other way around. It's the, are you having a meat sandwich slash wrap? But the halflings mm-hmm. of the rap because they are there to be 600k of your 1200k roster um and that's actually great like the halflings are brilliant fun and ogres give you a, a slightly different angle i think they've done a good job with those three stunty teams goblins are suffering at the moment but i ben we said it earlier like if you're a goblin coach you're not really there to win you're there to cause carnage you've, you've watched exactly. the dark knight and you're like heath ledger is my is the love of my life let's go be him at a blood bowl tournament um and uh you know please don't blow up things uh but the maniacal laughter is always always welcome mm-hmm. i like it i really like the way this is shaping out because even though skaven a 20th 48 percent i mean that is number that is a close pool of resources i mean what was the what do we have chaos dwarves through old world alliance that's third place down to 27th place uh with the 10 percent uh with high elves at 58 and underworld at 62 both of those having tier adjustments Black orcs and goblins sitting just outside that forty-five percent. You know that's that's all right. That's what uh, man. I'm 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 done with numbers today, which is a very strange thing for me to say. It's twenty-five teams within ten percent of each of each other. Uh, that's that's still not bad. And we're looking at this roster and we're going. Well, I'm surprised they're not higher. I'm surprised they're not higher. It's because you know what? You line up a Skaven team who is twentieth against a Tomb King team or a Wood Elf team. I'd give them even odds. Yeah, that, I mean that's the thing with Blood Bowl, isn't it? That's that's the thing with all of this. The games inherently are imbalanced, so to have to have these numbers be so close is actually pretty good. And I mean, you just said it there. It's like it's entirely like you can't call it in this kind of game. No, I, there's not I, really any matchups. The way it's just like this team will win. There's not really that doesn't really exist. And we've seen that for the Bono Championship. 
where yeah. there's been a load of I people. Mean, I know you were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's a load of people like making some great, great predictions. But there's just a ton of games and a ton of matchups where you're like, well, I don't really know here. Like Snotlings mm. versus, um, you know, Snotlings versus uh, Imperial uh, or Black Orcs. You're just like, I, there's not a gimme here. Um, mm-hmm. And I like that. Um, and I think I think it's awesome. And it's great to see this as well. Um, yeah. Anything else from the stats you want to look at, Ben, or talk about before we wrap up for the day? I think we covered that pretty, pretty in-depth. Yeah, sorry. There was a data set and... Uh, it's very cool to see this and uh i don't know man i'm interested to see where cornland i'm interested to see where this team adjustments take us yeah i don't think they're going to have a massive impact but if if it just pulls it a little bit closer together fantastic um because i don't think there's an auto pick there's no net list i think Mm -hmm. net decking underworld is probably as close as you can get at the moment yeah for sure with swarming hack blems increase and the tier adjustment Let's see if we can get that down to 58% win rate. Uh, come on, mm. high elves to take the first spot. <clears throat> Which would be really sweet. Anyway, we are going to call that a show. Just want to do a big shout out, a big thank you to all of you guys out there who like, subscribe, support us, um, pick up our merch. Um, we've got a very cool year lined up for the podcast. Um, we're going to be doing some cool stuff, some running some very cool events and and hopefully filming some cool shows. Let's wait and see how busy the next month is going to be from a disease point of view. Hopefully it won't stop us and we can get back to making and playing some Blood Bowl. Um, and a huge thank you to our patrons. We had some some like, bunch of new folks join. Uh, Blaine McElroy, uh, Kevin Kowalenko, Dominic Stowe, um, Mike Yap, Dane Gillespie, Frederick Patterson, uh, sorry, Patterson, uh, Traborius, uh, Nicholas Bouvier, uh, Paul Carter, Max Philip Schrader, Ben Goddard, Simon Malpass. Uh, thank you all very much for joining us, and thank you to the all of you who support the show one way or another. Um, we massively appreciate it, and I think just go and have a really great Christmas um, and enjoy the rest of your Christmas day. Do let us know what you think about the power rankings. I'm surprised. It's fun to go through. Um, and yeah, have a great Christmas and hopefully we'll see you at Beachhead. BT, Merry Christmas, dude. Merry Christmas to you. And uh, yeah, right. I'm going to go to bed because <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's been a week. I just have to survive tomorrow. I, I cannot wait. I am just going to walk out of that branch tomorrow about two hours Enjoy before that Diff does. And yeah, literally go straight for a bottle of red. Uh, <laughs> try and hurriedly wrap Tiff's presents before she comes home. Um got some cool presents for her this year uh, oh. i don't think any of them are she's bought me a board game for us both to play and that's fine like i'm i'm, mm-hmm. I'm on board with that but i think all of her gifts are stuff i think she'll enjoy and we both did, we've got each other pokemon um nice. so that probably going to be boxing day just hung over playing pokemon mm-hmm. and, uh, i think that's pretty solid like that yeah so guys if you're listening to this on the day of christmas while you're building your gear i will be getting lost on the pokemon map like i always do so yeah thank you very much and uh we'll be back in a couple of weeks time for the bony awards awards so uh yeah we'll put a, a, a couple of posts out and get your input on that one that's always a fun one to do we'll see if we can get mr warhannam on again but for now yeah. we will bid you adieu very merry christmas and uh happy blocking guys
All the best for 2022. Sure. Thanks very much for watching. We really appreciate your support. If you want to help support the channel even further, please like and subscribe or come join us on our Patreon. We have early access to content. We get loads of feedback from you guys and we try and do competitions as much as we can. Or you can get yourself some Bonehead Podcast merch on our Spreadshirt site. So if you want to support a team, especially for the Bonehead Championship, you can pick up a shirt, a mug, things like that. It all helps support the channel and we really appreciate it. Anyway, links below. Thank you very much. Happy blocking. Last take. Let's do this again. One more time. As Darth Punk says. <clears throat> Can't remember now. Literally done it twice. Oh, it's going to be one of those. I hope it's not one of those episodes. Uh, right. Here we go. Let's do this. <laughs> what conquest are you uh, working on? Um, I've... Primed a few of the militia because I want to try and just work out a scheme for them. Those the human dudes. Um, yeah, yeah, like the regular soldier kind of looking dudes. I think yeah. they released some more support. stuff for the spire this week. I think they did. Yeah, some weird centaur people. Like uh, Facebook keeps mm. trying to get me to buy it. Yeah, it does that, doesn't it? They go ham on their hats. Yeah, and it is going to work at some but, point. And say, Play on Tabletop um, did a really good video on it recently. Today, I think. Really? Two days ago. Yeah, really freaking good battle report. And it's just like, God, this is like top tier video. <laughs> I'm always up for making more content. <clears throat> yeah, man. Have to get two. Oh, 55, 54 mil armies painted up. Not a problem. <laughs> can I print one? Um, actually, they've done a really good job of making it. Uh, so you know how you can get like, uh, is, what is it, rules agnostic? Yeah. They've done a very good job, I feel like, of, of locking this one down. Oh, what? Um, Parabellum? So, yeah, like tying it to the IP so that you can't just print an army for it. Um... I kind of know what you mean. Like, spires are, like, super unique. I guess the humans are pretty... Outside of that. Yeah, spiritual. the humans are pretty generic. And then you've got the... Like, I've printed out of heroes, so... That's true. That is true. And you've got, you've got the dinosaur savage orcs. Yeah, that's true. That's quite unique. Um, Even the the Dwegum, like, they're, they're not really dwarves. No. Like, <laughs> no. And they're I, big. It's difficult, because, like... I often think generic fantasy is more accessible so one of the things that kind of puts me off conquest is that apart from the humans it's very difficult to kind of relate to any of the other forces yeah i guess it's, uh, you mean. it's always difficult when you start a new ip isn't it yeah like the lore around it is actually pretty in depth they've got quite a lot going on it but it's it's just replacing or making room for that in your your brain that <laughs> you know in the IP so space. Push, push aside all the like, D&D &D and the uh, Warhammer and 
try and squeeze this conquest stuff in. The fact it's that cool. D&D doesn't have a miniature war game. Or Pathfinder. It must be. It must be. I think they there used to. There must be one, though. They used to, they used to have one called Chainmail. Um, but not like a... Like you can't go and have a D&D &D battle. You have to have an RPG. Which is, obviously, the, the whole point of D&D, &D, but... Um, to be fair, I've seen like custom modules to simulate battles within D and D, but it's not really the same. It's not like a war game. It's like that's about control. Like you know, there's a, there's another battle going on, and your party are kind of like move through it and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I guess that's that's how the good stories do it, I suppose. Like the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Hmm. Okie dokie. Shall we beachhead, sir? Mm. <clears throat> okay. Let's rock and roll. I realise this is not the most recent up-to-date version because we had to adjust it for one teeny tiny thing. That's fine. We can talk it through. Oh, do you have a copy of that? Yeah, two secs. F6, Control c F11. Into the Discord. Uh, I think that's just the straight-up PDF it is. Yeah, good to go. <clears throat> okay. 